She puts the cassette in the VCR, hits play. This dude comes out on stage. He's got this red crown of hair. He's he's bald. And, and dude, like it, it's it's more than just the fact that he's bald. It looks like he's glowing. Mm-hmm. And he's singing about how the blood of Jesus covers him. Dude, in an instant, I start sobbing. Nobody was there to ask me, hey, do you want to you accept Jesus as your savior? If you were to die today, where would you go? None of that stuff, dude. In a moment, I was so aware of the forgiveness of my sins. And supernaturally in that moment, everything changed. God delivered me from the drugs. God delivered me from a carton a week, cigarette habit, habit, uh, the swearing, the cuss, all that stuff in a moment was just broken. And from that time on, then I got back into the church. But growing up, it was it was sporadic. It was weekend visits with my dad and, and you know and whatnot. And him telling me you're a Christian, but dude, if you looked at the fruit of my tree, Eric, there was no evidence for a profession of faith, bro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rooted in Christ podcast. My name is Eric Stevens. I'm the founder and now champion of Redwood Christian Ministries. If you happen to notice the Intercontinental Championship sitting directly above me, um, the maturity level in this episode, I'm not sure where it's going to be at. So with me today is Mr. Brian Conley. Sir, how are you doing? I'm good, Eric, man. Thank you so much for having me on here. I love your belt, dude. And I hope we have fun. I hope it gets silly. So I'm, I'm ready for a good podcast. The people who are listening to this who know me, they know I had no intentions of acting my age, so yeah. which is a ripe age of 27. Um, <laughs> so is it – I guess we're having church right now, so I'm probably lying in the kingdom, right? I'm probably yeah. going to apologize. I'm going to apologize. So, Dude, I, was, I was willing to believe. I'm like, maybe it's 27. I was just going to go with it, man. No, they, they actually um, – tell me quite frequently please stop coming to the young adult functions at church sir you are oh, you, no. you aged out quite some time ago <laughs> that's funny they only call me like no i'm joking i'm joking they call yeah. me to pray which is cool that's cool. amen that's come cool. on that's cool they could call me for worse things right 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 yeah man thank you so much for taking time out to to join us today to be on the on the show today i really i really appreciate it. i know you got a lot going on with family school mm-hmm. your ministry so thank you for for taking time to, to be on here i really appreciate it so yeah dude it's, it's my honor i mean when we got the invite i felt like it was something we were supposed to do I felt like god was on it man so it's an honor to be here it's an honor you know to have whoever's watching listening man like it's just cool to have the opportunity to share what the lord's doing man that's humbling, man. Like it yeah. honestly, for for people who don't know, like one of the things that I've been doing, I'm like, God, who do you want on this show? This is mm-hmm. your podcast. This you this is what do you want to do through this? What message are you trying to 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 get out there, to convey, to to accomplish? Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of people doing a lot of great things in ministry. And I think yeah. sometimes in Christianity, and maybe it's Christianity in America, I don't know. Sometimes you feel like, is this just me? Like, is there anybody yeah. else out there? that's doing these things or standing up for these things. And right. that's one of the things I'm really trying to accomplish through this podcast and through Redwood mm. Christian Ministries in general is there's a lot of people out there who feel the way you feel, who believe what you believe. We just need to communicate a little bit more. Come on. You know, we, we could pray together a little bit more. We could fast yeah. together a little bit more. You know, yeah. those kind of yeah. things. We could, I don't know, combine resources a little bit more. You know, I don't, mm. I'm on my, I'm on my, uh, my, my soapbox now, but it's, if we're always in in a spiritual fight and we're always in a spiritual battle, then why are we not? Why are the Christians not linked up? Why are we not wow. communicating? You know, yeah, Amen. and 
you know, so it's it, that's what this is for me. So I, I it means a lot to me that you said that. So I, I really appreciate mm-hmm. you even taking the time to be here. So happy to do it, man. I mean, just in a little bit you shared with me, it sounds like, you know, this ministry is a bridge, man. It's connecting people. It's it's, you know, it's providing resources and whatever we can do, whatever little bit we have to offer. Dude, I'm all about it. Let's do it. No, I think, I, you know, I, I believe you got a lot to offer and me personally, that's just my opinion, you know, um, <laughs> Amen. and I'm going to get, we're going to get into why I believe okay. that because the things that you do, I know I can't do. So okay. I'm grateful that God has people like you out there doing oh, these things because there's awesome, a whole man. generation of people out there who need you. So Come on. Um, Amen. Let's, let's go ahead and dive right into yeah, it. Yeah, let's so do it, man. Tell us, tell us where you're from. Where'd you grow up? Give us a little bit of background. Okay. So I grew up in small town, Gilbertsville, PA. Nobody knows where that is. So I typically tell people it's outside of Philadelphia. Shout out to the Philadelphia Eagles. who are undefeated right now. It's my team. Um, but currently I'm living in York, PA. And uh, I've been down here, uh, geez, man, since 2009. So we're coming up on 13 years already, which is wild. So, I mean, I went to college not too far from here, but never in a million years, man, did I think I would be here in in York. My wife is from Hanover, so it's just a hop, skip, and jumping away. But uh, we're just south of Harrisburg. To give people some context, just south of Harrisburg, just north of Baltimore, Maryland. And uh, so we're in a unique spot, man. We've got Gettysburg out to, uh, I think it's the west of us. We've got Lancaster to the east. So we're in a good spot, man. We love where we're at, and we just love seeing what it is that the Lord's doing in this area right now. All right, I'm already about to get off topic because you shot her. I, I, <laughs> to the Eagles, man, let's go. I I despise the Dallas Cowboys. Amen, like, dude. Absolutely. Amen. Like so, see, that's how I know you pray. Like I can tell. I guess that I can tell. Like I can tell you pray. I I really I can't stand them. I'm not gonna pretend like. Yeah. First of all, that's not America's team. Who right, right, that right, dude. Who, I yeah, exactly. Say, I didn't get a say so on that. Where was that survey? I didn't, right, I, have, right. I have questions. Okay. Yep. So with the every move the Eagles made this offseason, mm. I was I was I would do a cartwheel, but I don't want to hurt myself. But right. I was like, Philadelphia addressed every issue that the Cowboys had. So every yep. move that Philadelphia made this offseason was a they their strength is Dallas's yep. weakness. Bro, and I was like, this was it. genius. This was a genius yep. move. So yep, they're killing it, dude. Sorry, I, I you're good. I would like yeah, to. that's why that's why I love Stephen A. Smith so much. When he gets on those rants about the Cowboys, dude, it kills me. I just die every time. It's because he's telling the truth. It's because <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> Amen. It doesn't mention the Cowboys in the Bible. I'm just saying, but I can. Oh, I out, say that all the time. I'm just telling you. I can point out some Eagles, but yep. you know, I'm just saying. I'm just yep. saying. Amen. I don't know if I can point them on the Bible, but I can give you some biblical reference. How about? <laughs> <laughs> So were you, so just, I guess I'll bring this back now. I guess I'll do my job here. So, come back, Holy Spirit. Yeah, we'll just welcome him back to come back. Holy Spirit, forgive my flesh. I'm, right. I'm, I apologize. I apologize for being myself. Um, <laughs> so were you always a part of the faith growing up? Like, mm. was, was Christianity always a part of your life? Like, give me some background about what that was like. Great question. No, um, I grew up in a pretty legalistic home. What I mean by that is we were part of the church probably up until I was about eight years old, Eric. And uh, so we belonged to a very legalistic church. What I mean by that is 
I, I still remember my dad coming home. God bless him. Like he's a, he's a wonderful, godly man. He's the biggest cheerleader in my life. I, I love him. Like um, he's just the most encouraging man that I've ever met. And I really believe that a lot of that inheritance has been given, you know, down to me, but we, we were part of a church where I remember my dad coming home doing just breaking Michael Jackson records, breaking grateful dead records, breaking, you know, stuff that my mom, you know, was listening to. I used to have dreadlocks halfway down my back and like if somebody like that, bro, they wouldn't even be allowed in a church like that. So um, I grew up, I grew up hearing the name of Jesus. My dad would have told you he led me to the Lord at five years old. I don't know what it is a five-year-old understands, you know, what it means. Like, you know, I'm inviting Jesus into my heart. Um, And so what happened was when my parents divorced, when I was eight years old, uh, my mom uh, had an affair with another man. My father left and the church booted my mom out, dude, to be honest. And to this day, my mom has yet to really step back you know, step, you know, foot into a church. She's, she's, she's a believer. She's doing her thing at home. I don't know how, you know, great of a relationship there is, you know, when you don't have the community of saints, but, um, but as a result of that, bro, I was, I was apart from the church, probably from about eight years old till 19, dude, when God radically saved my life. I mean, I'm talking supernaturally at the expense of a drug addicted life, crack cocaine, every drug, every drug you can possibly think of. I was putting in my body, and um, and I just had an experience in 19. I got as low as you could go, man. My rope, not only was that I at the bottom of it, it was frayed, dude. It was it was trouble city. And uh, and I remember going to my mom at the time, who behind the scenes, dude, became a closet Charles Stanley fan. So if anybody knows who that is in Touch Ministries down in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, and little did I know, like I didn't, I was dude, I was so blind and selfish. I didn't even see the change in my mom. It was all about me. My house was the safe place to do bad things. We were drinking, we were smoking a carton of you know cigarettes a week. We were constantly, we were selling drugs, we were doing drugs. And I had a near overdose experience, man, 19 years old. I thought my heart was going to come out of my chest. I had smoked so much crack one night in my basement. And uh, and I had not talked to the Lord, dude. I mean, like, I if you were to ask me, here's what's so weird, dude. If you were to ask me as a teenager, bro, do you believe in the Lord? I would have said yes, but the fruit on my tree, dude, was anything but what was coming out of my mouth. And uh, so I knew the language. I knew the lingo. My father did his best to still take us to church, you know, when we were with him on the weekends and stuff like that. But the only reason I wanted to go, man, was because they were serving donuts. I didn't want to hear about Jesus. I didn't want to know anything about the Holy Spirit, about God the Father. And um, so when, when I was, you know, having this near overdose experience, I went to bed that night and I said, Lord, I probably prayed a prayer. Almost every listener on this podcast has probably prayed. If you get me out of this, I'll never do this again, right? And uh, and I woke up the next morning alive, but I had this pain, dude, over my chest for about 30 days. And I thought I had did so much damage to my body through all the different drugs and whatnot that I, every day I thought I was having a heart attack. Freaked me out. Loneliest, most hopeless, defeated point in my life. I wind up going to my mom. She says, can I show you something? I'll never forget, dude, we were in the living room of my house. And this is about 1998. And I said, yep, you can show me whatever you want. And she didn't chastise me. She wasn't like, you know better. We raised you better than this. And dude, she gets out a VHS cassette. No, So many people don't even know what that is anymore, bro. She would video these Charles Stanley services. She puts the cassette in the VCR, hits play. This dude comes out on stage. He's got this red crown of hair. He's he's bald. And, and dude, like it, it's, it's more than just the fact that he's bald. It looks like he's glowing. And he's singing about how the blood of Jesus covers him. Dude, in an instant, I start sobbing. Nobody was there to ask me, hey, do you want to you accept Jesus as your savior? If you were to die today, where would you go? None of that stuff, dude. In a moment, I was so aware of the forgiveness of my sins. And supernaturally in that moment, 
moment, everything changed. God delivered me from the drugs. God delivered me from a carton a week, cigarette habit, habit, uh, the swearing, the cuss, all that stuff in a moment was just broken. And from that time on, then I got back into the church. But growing up, it was it was sporadic. It was weekend visits with my dad and, and you know and whatnot, and him telling me you're a Christian. But dude, if you looked at the fruit on my tree, Eric, there was no evidence for a profession of faith, bro. It's crazy how like you can be in a situation right? like I believe God exists. Mm-hmm. I believe Jesus exists. And I'm doing these things and I'm not even happy doing them. Dude. Like that is because part of that is my story too. That's, yep. like, that's, yep. that's part of my story too. I, It's crazy how like I can be in this situation and be in this state and aware of God mm-hmm. still doing these things and still be miserable. Yep. Like it's, mm. it's crazy. Mm. And you can get into this to whatever degree you want. Um, okay. Because I realize this is actually more, this isn't just your story to tell. So how much mm. would you say that divorce then affected you growing up, your childhood mm. and everything? Mm-hmm. And then how much did that really play into those decisions? Oh my gosh, dude. I, I think, well, to be honest with you, dude, I didn't realize how much it affected me till I was 30 years old. So I'm 43 now. My master's degree is in counseling from Asbury Theological Seminary. And it's so funny, dude, while I'm studying for that degree, I'm like, everybody else needs this, not me. You know, everybody else has issues. I'm perfectly fine, dude. And it wasn't until I was probably 30 years old, dude, in ministry squeezing me. I'm three and a half years in full-time ministry. I'm a new father. I'm a new husband. Um, and the pressure, dude, of all those things was squeezing me and what was coming out of me, dude, I didn't like. And so the Lord used that time to be like the very degree you have, you need to go see somebody and you need help. Dude, it was so humbling to have to, to have to be like the guy with the master's degree in counseling needs counseling. So I wound up going, sitting with this guy, long story short, he was a Baptist minister. The Lord said, get out of the, get out of the pulpit, and get in the trenches with people. I had a woman at the church where I was serving that was seeing incredible breakthrough with this guy. She was severely sexually abused by her father and her issues in her thirties were coming out, dude, all that stuff, man, that like, whatever you bury, you know, whatever you think you're burying, you know, like deep down, like, dude, it stays alive. It's just going to fight for expression at some point in time. It doesn't die. It's just alive deep down underneath the surface. And so she was seeing all this breakthrough and I'm like, Hey, can I get this guy's number? I wind up going, dude. And I, I sit down and I'm about halfway through the session and I'm talking about family stuff. I'm talking about, I didn't even know where to start. I'm just, I just knew I was in a very dark place. I knew I needed help. Everything was setting me off. I was angry. I was insecure. I was full of anxiety. And I just start pouring out my heart and he goes stop 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 he goes he goes brian he goes your pain is miles deep and you have a lot of unresolved anger towards your family that's created depression on the inside of you and you have a major fear of rejection dude and when he said that bro the water dude uh, eric i started sobbing because my family dude growing up not only did my parents divorce my mother for lack of a better way to say it, who I love, who I honor, if it wasn't for where she was, bro, I don't know if I'd be where I'm at now, but she was the woman at the well, dude. It was a different man constantly. My oldest brother who doesn't know his father, um, his anger ran the house, dude. Everybody catered to him, dude. It was a very manipulative environment, if I'm honest. It just seemed like you were only doing as well as he was doing. So his, his emotional volatility, like his anger, his temper, 
um, determined, you know, the, the direction of the family, my grandparents who were my mom's parents, uh, they always pitied him. They, they, and, and to be honest with you, making sure he was okay was more important than his emotional maturity. So I grew up in a very dysfunctional, very broken home. Uh, not only, you know, dealing with what, what was probably perceived at the time, rejection from a father who never came back home and who then remarried, who's, you know, new family I wanted nothing to do with. So you got that going on coupled with the fact that because of my parents' divorce, dude, I took it out on food. The first addiction of my life was the Dorito bag. So being the overweight kid in school, bro, that's like a death sentence. Like kids are mean in public school. So so just the social rejection, parental rejection, uh, rejection from friends, rejection, you know, you're, you're, you're looking for it, dude. Like you said, you're looking for it in all these wrong places. And, and you're the very things you're turning to, they're not helping, bro. So like it became, you know, the Dorito bag or food. It became, you know, cigarette smoke. It became pornography. I was first exposed to porn at 10 years old. You know, what does a little 10 year old boy know, you know, as he's opening up his older brother's, you know, nudie mags and stuff. So it was just addiction after addiction after addiction. So very much what happened at such a young age, that fracturing of the family definitely was the root of all of the addictions, dude, that I was dealing with at the time in my life. It's crazy. You said something that about how like you you weren't like even aware of how deep it ran like it oh, was miles deep dude we, we can't heal what we hide right? that's it man we that's can't it. heal it if we hide it that's and it it's one, and i tell i just got done telling um the connect group that i was running last night i'm like i don't like that i've always hated that phrase that time heals all wounds i'm like right that's that's not true like nope. time doesn't do that nope. first of all healing heals okay that, that's that's <laughs> that, let's, let's just let's Amen. just start Let's just get everything else aside. Healing is what yeah. heals. Can I tell you, time with Jesus is what is going to heal those yep. things. And that was wisdom that they gave you because if you're if you're pastoring, you need to be shepherded too. You need Dude. to have somebody who's looking out for you in whatever capacity yep. that might be. Yep. I do not like to talk to people about the ministries that I oversee until I fully let them know, like I have a Barnabas. Mm. you know and mm. actually or i have more than one of them in in some cases or i have a paul speaking into my life yeah. i have guys i walk eye level with then we can get into okay this is the role that i play at new life church you mm. know so mm -hmm. um mm. no that, that was really good that was good wisdom yeah it's awesome and you were you, you said you were in your 30s when you when you were going yeah okay yeah. So I was, I was about 30, yeah, I was about 30 years old. I was in full-time ministry for about three and a half years. And, uh, dude, all, all, all the pressure of just, like I said, ministry, family, all of it, dude, it just started squeezing. And I'm like, something's wrong inside. I don't like what's coming out of me. Cause I always tell people, man, if you squeeze an orange, you get orange juice, you squeeze an apple, you get, you know, apple juice. And if you squeeze a Christian, Christ should come out. But the enemy right. knows a lot of times when he squeezes, squeezes Christians, dude, anything but Jesus comes out. And it wasn't Jesus, Ooh, dude. It was good. it was a lot of it was a, it was a lot of pain, man. It was a lot of, like you said, unresolved stuff that time didn't heal. And um, and it was responsible. It was it was wrong thinking, dude. It was a misplaced identity, you know, and I tell people I tell people this, you know, a lot, Eric, I'll say, you know, when I get up and I'll preach, you know, to kids or whatever, I'll say, you know, I, I have a story about drug addiction and stuff like that. But I said beyond that. A lot of my story is I let God save me. I didn't let him love me for a real long time. And because of what it was that I believed about myself through all of that rejection, because I tell people, dude, rejection's communication and it communicates there's something wrong with you. That's the ultimate lie. And this is why, 
you know, so much of my story influences how we minister to teenagers and young adults, because I'm convinced, bro, it's the Goliath of their generation. I'm convinced it's the reason why there's so much gender identity confusion, identity confusion, addiction, low self-esteem, suicidal ideation. I think at the end of the day, the giant behind all of it is a fatherless generation, a generation that doesn't know that it's loved, it's accepted, it's cherished. And that was me, dude. So like, even at 30 years old, bro, I'm in full-time ministry, telling people about the love of God. And I can't receive it for myself. And what was standing in the way was what I believed. And the belief was nobody loves you. Everybody leaves. You can't trust anybody. So I had these walls unbeknownst to me, man. Like I had this dramatic God encounter at 19, but just because you have an encounter with God doesn't mean that that wall is down because what you believe about you will determine whether or not you can receive that love. I tell people all the time, man, like the Bible says, as a man thinks, or as a woman thinks in here, he is. So you don't get beyond your own opinion of yourself, no matter how hard you try. It doesn't matter how many wonderful things God says about you until you change your mind, you know, accordingly to your that transformation by the renewing of the mind takes place. Like you'll, you'll push it away. You'll think you're not worthy of it or I have to earn it. So I was very performance driven, dude. Like I was, I was whoever you needed me to be. And I needed you to like what I didn't like. And it was a vicious cycle, dude. And like, so it brought compromise, experimentation with drugs, pornography, sexual activity in the name of, would you just please accept me and like me? And I, I really believe dude, at the end of the day, that's what so many kids and even adults dude, like even some of the adults I run into, they're like, it's not just kids that need to hear this. There's adults that need to hear this as well. So that, that in a nutshell too, is just how my story has greatly influenced what it is that we're doing and chasing after as far as this next generation goes, man. I feel like I now know why the Holy Spirit had to like work this meeting out because mm. if we switch places, our, there's so much of our stories that overlap. Like it's, Dude. it's crazy. Wow. It's, it's, it's crazy. Mm. Um, because I was that overweight kid who father mm. told me you, you weren't good enough. You weren't wow. going to want anything. Wow. And, you know, he was a kingpin in Cleveland. So he was, you know, he was doing a lot of things at the time. Um, a lot of things, half brothers and mm. half sisters I've never met before. Wow. He was, he was out there and it led to a lot of addictions and me doing a lot of things just to yep. be accepted by yep. people yep and it even led to looking for status and jobs and employment mm. and when one of the things that really when they when they brought us up to ordain us at at our church i think it was mm -hmm. um two weeks ago but when people hear this it'll probably be closer to a month um one of the words that one of the prophets spoke over me was he said he literally said you could have gone here, 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 and here to make more money, get more fame, wow. and more attention. Wow. Except that you chose to follow the path of Christ. Dude, come on. Like that, that's when I broke down. Like mm. I was like, because I know what it feels like to take a job for money and title. And I had a man of God tell me, he's like, your heart was in the right place, but it wasn't because you stepped on God's toes. It's wow. God's job to provide for your, your family. You just have to be obedient to do what he tells you to do. So I've been mm. there, man. It's, this is now I see why the Holy Spirit linked us up and connected awesome. us. This is it's that's nuts. Wow. That's awesome, man. Come on, man. Thank you for your transparency and sharing. All yeah, that. man, of course. So that's probably where I'm based on what you said. That's where your passion started and came from what you're you know, what you're doing now. And that's another thing is I, I talk to people a lot about that is like your testimony is, is for someone else. Dude. And I tell folks yep. and I don't know how you feel about this thing, but I let them know my wisdom did not come from 
me reading the Bible and memorizing scripture. My wisdom right. actually came from me making the unwise decision, unwise yep. decision, yep. doing the wrong thing, not following Christ. My wisdom yep. comes from a place of pain a lot of times. Yep. And it's, yep. it's one of the things that when I disciple people and I try to tell them like the people who are speaking in your life, they probably have experiences that you don't have. Yeah, they probably seen things you haven't seen, and they're probably trying to help you to avoid these things. That's right, man. We're speaking from a place of like this is my greatest point of pain. Mm, come on, so but good. God is using that to to glorify the kingdom to say this is how we can turn this around, dude. Yeah, you know. So it's one of those things. Do we believe God works all things together for the good of those who love Him, or or we don't? It says That's all it, things. Man. All it doesn't things. say good things. It doesn't. Right. It doesn't say bad things. It you yep. know. It's, it says all things. So. You know, that greatest place of pain can be where our ministries get get birthed out of, you know, yep. so um, which for you, you've started and did not did you were you the founder of um, of this ministry, the founder of Faith Like Birds ministry? Yeah. OK. Yeah. yeah, I am. Yeah. So that that uh, that. OK, so I, I started out 2005. I was involved in youth ministry at an evangelical Lutheran church. That's a story in and of itself. <laughs> I don't know if we'll have time to get into it. And and long story short, where I am in York, I was on staff at the church I now attend, uh, Praise Community Church. And I was on staff for, I want to say, nine, 10 years. But myself, my wife and everybody closest to me, dude, they've known for the longest time, like he's not going to be sticking around here, meaning he'll, he'll be here. He'll still be here. He'll be around. He'll be in York, but he's not going to be on staff. Like he's got this itinerant call, like, you know, who he is is bigger than what he's doing, you know, at the church. And, um, and so I've always, always dude had a heart for teens, always had a heart for kids. And, um, and so when we, when we discern the call of God and the timing of God, you know, through the peace of the Lord and everybody else around us, um, that we had just been knowing for years, Hey, it's going to, it's crescendoing to this point, 2019, we stepped out and faith like birds was born. But, uh, to be honest, dude, when I first stepped out, I was like, it's going to be a different church. I didn't know what it was going to be at first, Eric. I was just following the Lord, dude. I'm like, but I'm like, I'm going to be in a different church every Sunday on and off airplanes. And like, there was some, there was some of that. I mean, there was international travel, you know, and things like that, dude, then COVID comes and dude, to be an itinerant minister, who's, who's, you know, banking on traveling, dude, when everybody's trying to figure this thing out, right. it was, it, dude, everything shut down. It was an interesting time. But when we stepped down to 2019, the first thing the Lord put on my heart, he said, I want you to start holding large youth gatherings mm. where, where these teenagers can come and encounter me with the sole goal of, of hopefully that they would then submit, surrender their whole life to him. And so I'm like, okay, man, I'll do it. Like I, 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 I want to be the first one out of the boat. I want to be obedient. And so he laid the the title for these events called the shout on my heart. And, uh, and it's, it was with a loud voice. He's outside of Lazarus's tomb saying, Lazarus come forth. It was with a loud voice where he said, if anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink, you know, John 11, John seven. And, uh, and I'm like, dude, this is perfect. Cause I think, I feel like God's standing outside the, you know, the tombs of this generation and he's wanting them to come alive, you know? And he told, he told them there at the tomb, he said, you unwrap him. You know what I mean? Like Jesus brings the life, but then there's something about us helping people take off the clothes they're not supposed to be wearing anymore, man, as they experience this newness of life. And so we did our first one in 2019. We couldn't do one in 2020. We did the next one in 2021. And after that one, the Lord said to me, he challenged me because I'm like, Lord, this itinerant thing's not going the way that I thought it was going to go. And he's like, well, let me ask you a question. Where do you see the greatest concentration of my anointing? Where do you have the greatest influence and impact? You know, who, who do you seem to have the biggest voice with? And I was like, that's easy. It's teenagers. And he's like, then do 
do that. And dude, when we made it a point, when we when we decided, okay, this is what Faith Like Birds is about. We are about seeing in a generation restored and laid down, you know what I mean, for Jesus. The moment we made that decision, everything shifted, dude. It was like a fresh gust of wind in the sails. There was focus, there was vision, there was direction, there was financial support, there was just opportunity, doors opening. Um, so we 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 do things here locally, but we traveled other youth ministries and we do other things. We'll do church conferences and things like that. But our bread and butter, man, is this shout event. We got a world of dance dancer that comes out by the name of Poppin' John. He was uh, a finalist. He was on the Ellen show. And that was a huge, it was just a crazy story, dude. He does pop and lock dance. And like, I love that. I love the hip hop culture from back in the eighties and stuff, dude. So like he does the whole robot thing and the kids love it, dude. They eat it up and he's a Christian. He's a believer. He loves it. He loves what we're doing. So he's been a part of it from the beginning. And uh, we had, I think roughly like 300 some kids uh, last year. We're anticipating 400 this year. Um, But dude, man, we're just, we're just going for, we're creating moments, Eric, where students through the different testimonies like mine or, you know, whoever we bring in, those stories are so relatable to these kids. And when you tell that story, like all of a sudden there's this faith that comes alive in them that it's like, man, if he can do it for Brian, I wonder if he can do it for me. And, and we just, we're all about seeing kids have a moment encountering the power of the Holy spirit to set them free, dude. And then hopefully through that encounter, inviting them, like, just come give your life to Jesus. It's the greatest version of yourself you could ever ask for. Cause I tell people, I'm like, man, everybody loves Christ, the healer, Christ, the deliverer, you know, uh, Christ, the savior, but Christ as Lord, Christ as master. I mean, that's that your best life is lived in submission when your will is totally surrendered, you know? So we, we don't preach, uh, like we're pre, you know, we, we, I, I preach like I would be preaching to a room of adults cause they can handle it. Do they want it? They're looking for something real. They want authenticity that like when you were saying about like, Hey, thanks for your vulnerability. I don't know how else to be. Cause they, they, they see through all of that stuff, man. Mm-hmm. So we just, we just want to be ourselves. We want to celebrate what God's done in our lives. And, um, and we're watching kids get set free of pornography, low self-esteem. Um, I mean, uh, the occult, I mean, it's, it's crazy, dude. It's, it's a, it's an awesome ride. And I'm just so grateful to be part of it. And when you were talking about, you know, our ministries come out of our pain, I was reading a book by TD Jakes called, uh, uh, is it crushing something like that? And dude, it, it's such a good book. Cause he talks about those times in your life where the Lord will crush you to bring the best wine out of you, dude. Like you got to crush the great man to get, and sometimes those moments hurt. They don't feel good. But like you said, God will take those moments of great pain and suffering and the place dude, where the enemy tried to take you out that God like flips the script. And it's like, now you're taking him out in other people's lives in that same area, dude. So it's, it's a joy, man. It's such a, it's such a great ride. Man, this conversation is so in season. I just had, um, <laughs> let me, let me tell you how I, I celebrated Halloween because okay. I didn't, um, I recorded a podcast on, um, with, uh, with Crystal Williams, who, who attends my, my church. Okay. And we were talking about deliverance and speaking in tongues and, yeah. and just breakthrough casting out casting out demons i mean Come she on. went she went in something serious like mm. i can't wait for that episode to air actually but she actually was explaining to me the pro the crushing process like the actual wow. crushing process and i'm like i sometimes as a host like i sit there and i'm like i have nothing to say to this because i just learned <laughs> something so new right. and it's just like i it's like now i can talk about it as if i know it but i'm not right. you know what i mean but she yeah, yeah. Just, this was monday of this week mm. she just walked me through that whole process i was like holy smokes i had wow it takes a new meaning when you act it's like when 
it's like when you find out iron sharpening iron well sparks actually fly that kind of thing mm. like it's not always this smooth pretty process that we make it out to be like this kumbaya session and connect where everybody's right. holding hands and crying it's like no sometimes it hurts wow you know, it was one of it was one of those discussions mm, man. it's good and you're right the the first time that i got to that i spoke in my church to our our young adults mm-hmm. i remember telling one of my friends i said i just went in there and i was just myself like i don't know i don't know how to tone this down yeah because i feel like if i tone it down if i like it's it's not it's going to lose the the meaning now yeah i used words that obviously they would be able to just grasp a hold like i wasn't you know talking you know talking above their heads right like you got to yeah, know yeah. your audience right you yeah. know you have to you have to use that exegesis with your audience every yep. single time you know you got to know who you're talking to yeah but i'm like i'm not i can't turn down the story because in high school you have no idea what people are, and i mean you know but like mm-hmm. sometimes we just don't know what we think that oh they're high school kids they don't know it's like uh yeah. they might know more than you think 100 you know, they're hearing more than you than you know yep. they're exposed to more than you than you may realize you yep. know so no props to you for not for not holding back so no thanks man what would you say the the mission and and vision is of a faith like birds and how, how do you guys go about living that out yeah so we go about living it out well i would say you know we are we are primarily first and foremost probably uh I don't want to say evangelistic outreach, but that is definitely our flavor. We are about youth evangelism, bro. Like we, we, we really believe the best method of evangelism in this generation's miracle signs, wonders. I mean, Paul said in Romans 15, he said, I fully, I fully preach the gospel in signs and wonders. So if there's no signs and wonders accompanying it, it's probably not the gospel. Um, so, so we, we, we believe very strongly, like I said, in, in sharing testimonies, linking up with people that, you know, the kids can relate to. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, for me, I was just invited, you know, recently there's a, uh, there's a church down the road, um, whose primary focus is they're trying to reach the biker community. And I love it. I ride a Harley Davidson. Like I, I love it. I think it's awesome. And, uh, so I went in there and they wanted me to minister to their students and the Lord, dude, I, Eric, I'm uh, the night before I'm praying. I'm like, God, what do you want me to say? Because my heart's desire is not to just go in there and preach some pocket sermon. I'm like, Lord, I want your unction, Holy Spirit. I, I want you to be on it. I want like Jesus and my words are spirit in life. And I felt like he said, I don't want you to preach to him. I want you to go in there. I want you to demonstrate the reality, you know, of the gifts, like the word of knowledge and healing and stuff like that. And dude, these kids have never seen anything like it. And you could see it on their faces, dude. Their mouths were open. Like, how did you know that? Like the Lord, because I felt like the Lord was giving me like specific symptoms of like, you know, um, kids struggling that were, you know, anxiety or headache on this side of the head, you know what I mean? Just crazy stuff, dude. And, um, and they were just, they were just like blown away. And I feel like, you know, for us, you know, my team, they know this, like, we can't just talk about them, dude, this generation needs to see them. Like they need to see like in a time and age where so many people are like, dude, I'm not even sure that, that, that God wrote that Bible. That was just men, you know, making that up, you know, as they go, it's, it's not, and I'm not bashing. Like there are so many people out there doing wonderful things, preaching the scriptures. But at the end of the day, he said, these signs and wonders will follow those that believe man. Like they will pit, you know, they will, they will lay hands on the sick. They will recover. They'll cast out demons and all this different stuff. And we're dealing with a generation that's plagued by depression, anxiety. Dude, the statistics in this generation are off the charts. They're, they're apparently the most suicidal, 
most anxious, most depressed. The list just goes on and on. And there have been people that have studied and done research. And uh, and so what we want to do is we will travel itinerantly. We will go and minister. We, we Gosh, we had the busiest summer ever. We were at youth camps. We were at youth retreats. We were at youth groups. We were doing all these different events, but we also host our own. So even here at the church, we do a monthly service, second Sunday of every month called Freedom Rallies, Faith Like Birds Freedom Rallies, with the sole goal of come get set free. Because if I were to, if you were to say, what's, what's probably the number one phenomenon that follows you guys as a ministry, it's deliverance, dude. Like it's all summer long, the Lord had, would have me get up and speak to a group and he'd be like, tell them, tell them about your pornography addiction and how you got free. And I'm like, I don't want to start with that. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of want to ease into it a little bit, dude, but like boys and girls alike. Like it was almost like 50, 50, like back, you know, back when I was a teenager, it was predominantly a dude thing. It was predominantly a guy thing. And now, you know, cause you always hear men are visual, you know, and all this different stuff. And this is how men process and everything else. But my gosh, dude, there's just as many girls that seem to be just as addicted, dude, because of the availability of it, because of just the brokenness of people, because the hurting of people. And uh, so, I mean, at the end of the day, our vision is to be a movement. I mean, our vision statement literally says a movement of restored young lives laid down for Jesus. And the way that we go about accomplishing that is in the power of the spirit. We know that we can't, we preach the gospel and we expect him to show up, man. Like it says in, in, in Hebrews chapter two, it says they went, they preached the word. He confirmed his word of his grace, dude, by signs and wonders. So we are just, sometimes that means we put ourselves in uncomfortable situations. I tell people, dude, I don't always know what I'm doing, but like, I'm trusting that he, if I preach his word, I'm trusting he's going to come and I'll, I'll put my money where my mouth is. I'm like, Lord, if what I'm saying isn't true, don't do anything. But if what I'm saying is true, I'm praying that you'd come and back it up, dude. And so sometimes there's risk involved and like, you're just putting yourself out there, dude. And you're like, Lord, please catch me right now. You know, please don't leave me hanging. So we do our own thing. We, we, we do the large youth event called the shout. We travel itinerantly. We love to, we'll go out of state. We'll do stuff locally. Um, but the whole goal is we are coming so that these kids have an encounter. They get set free and, and we give them the opportunity. Do you want to give your life to the Lord? Would you lay down your life for Jesus? That's the goal, man. I want to throw this out before I, I forget to yeah. say, it. if you, um, if you need any kind of volunteers or or speakers, please let me know. I'm Dude, building a team right on, now man. to Amen. literally travel the nation. Oh, come um, on. Amen. We're actually going to, we're partnering with, um, I think it's Ravens International Ministry in New Orleans okay. is the name of it. Um, we're actually going down there to um, part to one to do street evangelism on Bourbon mm -hmm. Street. We're going to wow. go do that. Um, we're also going to be um, helping some kids in schools who may need tutoring you know, doing some home renovation projects and their adopt-a-block program. Um, I, I don't know if I said feeding the homeless already, but we're going to be doing that too. It's awesome. Um, so like right now, like that's what, that's what Redwood also is. It's not just, I love it. Hey, this church is doing this in this state and this over here. And we're sharing the stuff on social media. Like we want to get out there and be the church. Like that's Dude, what it, it is, you know? So if you need like volunteers that or other speakers or people, you, please call me, text oh, me, thanks, whatever, man. man. Let me know. It's awesome. Um, the plan is to get out and do a lot more of that. So if you guys need help, please let me know. I wanted Amen. to say that before I forgot because that's love it. That's where my heart is. My heart is in, in evangelism. Like that's where my oh, my on. passion is. It's it's that and it's it's teaching the gospel. So yeah, you know, it's Amen. it's incredible, man. That's that's where my heart is. So if you need if you need somebody to help par to partner with that, please let me know. Let me know. Amen. We'll do that. What are um I've, 
this generation seems so different to me in some ways. I don't say that as yeah. a negative thing. It's just different. You know, yep. they, my parents would say my, my generation was different from them, you know? So, <laughs> right. you know, what, what difficulties do you think are that are out there when it comes to ministering to um, high schoolers and to, to young adults? Like what, what are you seeing? Like, what are some of the difficulties or, or just barriers that you're facing right now? Dude, I love it. So a friend of mine, his name's Steve Robertson. He's he's in a lot of ways one of the lead guys when it comes to Gen Gen Z right now, Generation Z. And uh, he had written a book, and the name of it's escaping me. But the whole premise is, it's it's this, and you just said it with with how your parents view our generation, you know, and how every subsequent generation looks at that one. And usually the comment is basically in a roundabout way, like, you know, it was better in our generation. Right. You know, these, they, they don't <laughs> right. get it. We had it all figured out. Right. right. So the whole, pre- the whole premise of the book is like, we as adults are walking around and we're looking at these, these kids, this current generation, Gen Z, Gen Alpha, and we're like, these, these guys are aliens in our world. And the way the book ends and the conclusion is, but the reality is we're the aliens in their world too, because the world has changed drastically. And so I think one of the biggest difficulties right now is, um, and we're trying to navigate this. We don't have we don't have the monopoly on it, Eric. We're trying to figure it out. One of the biggest things is they are a generation with a very short curated stream. And what I mean by that is if you don't have their attention, dude, in seconds, they're gone. Mm. It is a swipe generation, dude. Next reel, next reel, next reel. So we're trying to figure out ways right now. And I have a wonderful team. I have a, a young lady by the name of Michaela Heidel, who's our visual and creative arts director. And uh, she was 10 years old, man, when she had an encounter with God at one of my services. Wow. And that, now she's, you know, she's 23 years old and now she works for me, dude. It's wild. It's really cool how God brings things together. But she is phenomenal, a media, you know, genius. She does our videos, our social media stuff, but she has taken some teenagers from our church. She's assembled like an intern team and is empowering these kids to be like, hey, look, we feel like your generation is going to reach your generation. And where we need to figure out and gain traction is in social media, you know, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, you know, nobody's on Facebook anymore, dude. It's a dinosaur, man. It's a dying social media platform. And um, and so the biggest thing I feel like we're running up to is or, or, or encountering is we need to, we're praying to the Lord for strategies in that area, you know, what it looks like to advance in that mountain, um, because they are a very distracted generation. That's why I feel like they're not going to, it, they, they are most, most of these kids are not going to sit in a classroom and be discipled like you and I would have been right. So it seems like a lot of discipleship is, is being done now in the coffee shop in homes. Like they're wanting you to open up your life to them. They're looking for mothers. They're looking for fathers, you know? And, uh, and so they, they need mentoring now more than ever. And we can't always just expect that they're going to come. Although we provide those opportunities. We just did, you know, the unshaken discipleship school here at the church and the hungry came, bro. Like we had, you know, some, some big name people come and be part of it. And it was two weeks long. It was from 9am to 1pm. And they sat there, dude. And like, they took notes. We worshiped every single morning. It was a beautiful time. But the truth of the matter is that's not always the average teenager. You know, a lot of these, like I said, like we're trying to, the Lord gave me a saying and, and it's, it's not, it's not, it's not anything I coined. I mean, this was going back, you know, years and years and years ago when TV first started, but like, it's this idea of we interrupt this broadcast. Right. And so they, they are constantly being bombarded left and right dude, like social media, you know, and, and videos and reels. And so we're wanting to create content and we're actually wanting to do a video series called we interrupt this broadcast where all the junk that's coming at them is interrupted by something positive that 
catches their attention, that has kids in it, that's youth inspired. You know what I mean? That teenagers are the ones behind like some of the ideas and the content and videoing it and starring in the videos, you know? So that's probably the biggest challenge right now is, and we have for the last year, you know, two years since Michaela has been on board, we've just kind of banged our head against the wall as far as like, what's the strategy? How do we break through, you know? So we're getting ready to do a student led podcast where they're going to be the ones coming up with the ideas and talking about real life stuff, you know? And um, so we looked into, is there, is there a podcast that's just led by teenagers? And there might be a couple, but they're more secular, you know, they're more, um, you know, they're on there just kind of doing their thing. They're talking about mental health, but not in a way that's providing an answer, you know? So we're wanting to do that. We're just wanting to empower these kids to reach, you know, their generation, but it's at the budding, it's at the beginning stage, you know, so we're moving towards it, but that's probably been the biggest hindrance is how do you reach a generation that's so distracted, you know, they need Jesus. I mean, we, once they're in the room, we'll give them that encounter, that encounter kind of interrupts the stuff in their mind, interrupts the static and the lies of the enemy. But like, how do you get them when they're just swiping? You know, what kind of content can you create that's going to grab, you know, their attention? So we feel like that's going to be a pretty strong arm of faith like birds, but we're just starting out and trying to gain traction with it. Man, you are spot on with having to grab their attention. Mm -hmm. I um I actually just got the opportunity to speak at St. Edwards High School here in in Ohio, and awesome. And it was and it was through the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, right? Mm -hmm. So I walk in there and look. I ask some questions up front. I'm like, look, how deep can I get into my testimony? How much right. of my story do you want me to tell? Like, how filtered do you really want? Right. Because the guy who invited me knows me personally, so he mm -hmm. kind of knows. And he said, no, just, just don't make it gory. He was like, just don't make it gory. He was like, I'm like, well, I'm not about to, you know, say anything that crazy. But so I walked in there and I just, I, right away, because I knew they were sports fans. So I got to talk to them. Mm. I said, you know, I'm head of security at my church too. You know, I have a little bit of kickboxing and MMA background and Muay Thai. Awesome. I do a little bit. And now I see him starting to perk up a little bit. Right. And it's just, because right. I, had, I had to grab their attention right away. Because mm -hmm. I noticed how many of them walked in and walked right past me. You know what I mean? How many of them were walking with their heads down? How many of them were just like trying to get their homework done? And it wasn't anything. Yeah. It wasn't personal towards the individual who was speaking. This is just, right. they're in their world, man. And I need to be able to, to bridge that gap. So when yeah. I started talking about, you know, how I was sitting on my couch and my own gun to my head, ready to take my own life because Dude, of drug addiction. That's it. Yep. Snap. Like they, now they you got like them. You saw them. You, you, you saw it, you know? Yeah. But you couldn't tell me or them that I spoke for 25 minutes because it mm -hmm. felt like I spoke for five minutes. And the amount of those kids who walked up to me afterwards was probably the biggest surprise that I Dude, had. Dude, come on. It's that's how I know it wasn't about me because what was going through my head was, or I really hope that they're listening and paying attention. You know, yeah, you, I really on. hope that this is impacting a decision that someone is going to, to make. Mm -hmm. Because again, just to bring more confirmation, they were just telling me they've had some people in that school who've recently killed themselves. And then, then it became a copycat thing, which I didn't know that was going through wow. high schools. Wow. You know, I, I had no idea. So I'm wow. getting ready. To, I had to find a way to tell them like, not only is this is, I need to understand you to understand the depth of how, not only how selfish this decision is, yeah. but also you have so many more options. So wow. many more options. Wow. You know, I had to find a, a, you know, the right way to tell them that, you know, yeah. so you're spot on. You're spot That's on. Awesome, There's any, man. Anything I can do to partner with you in that, let me know, please. We'll please. do, man, for oh, sure. I'm it's cool when you're, you're you talking about, when you're talking about the suicide thing, the Lord had me go to a meeting uh, this summer. And the first thing he wanted me to address, he's like, tell them suicide is not an option. It's deception. And I'm like, what does That's that mean? Real. He's, he's like, be, he's like, because their life's not their own. 
He said, That's I real. bought it. And I'm That's like, real. dang. So I went in and I was like, guys, like, you know, I, I and it's, it's an epidemic thing, dude, like you said about this copycat stuff. I mean, I'm like the, the amount of kids that are just hearing that voice, tell them over, you know, you know, here's the way out. This is, you know, this is your option. I'm like, guys, it's a lie. It's not reality. Like it's, it's deception. Your life doesn't belong to you. It's not your own man. And you can just see the light kind of turned on, but I mean, it's insane how many of these kids are self-harming dude cuts up and down the arm, dude, like, and, and, and suicide even being like, you know, and I told him like, guys, like the average person doesn't wake up and say, here's a good idea. I'm going to take my life today. I mean, like, this is demonic. Like this is twisted. And the only way out, man, is we need the power of God, man, to come in and set them free from it. Come on. Yeah. That's, you know, and I, cause I, I talk to, you know, I talk to people who obviously are testimony for somebody else. Right. And I let people yeah. know that like, you know, if you can sell drugs, you can be a car salesman. Mm. you know if 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 mm. you can whip up crystal meth you'd be a great <laughs> chemist wow you know wow. like yeah. you know what i mean wow like if you if you can hustle and work a triple beam you know you <laughs> you could be an accountant you know but wow. who's, who's i'm not telling you to go to college when i said that i'm just saying you right. have options but wow. who, who's out there telling them these things right like Dude. who is really yeah. getting out there and saying this stuff to them and willing to do it mm. with the heart of christ to do it because yeah. this i you and I have just, we both talked about this. My life is not my own. Yep. If it was up to me, I may not even be sitting here. When mm. it was up to me, I said I would never go back to church. I would never get back involved in the kingdom. I would never do, wow. I could keep filling the blanks. And God's like, that's hilarious because everything that I said I wasn't going to do, I'm doing all of it and then some. So, you know, we, dude, it's we, amazing. We, it's, it's crazy, it's man. Awesome. It's just crazy. You want to, what do they say? What's that thing they say? If you want to make God yeah. laugh, tell me your plans or whatever that, that, that phrase is. You know, so I believe it, man. I believe it. So, and it's like you're in my notes right now too, because you mentioned the unshakable disciple. Now, is that is that a school that you guys mm -hmm. have on your campus? Yeah. Okay. It was. It was just something that the Lord put on my heart, Eric, because um, I, I just simply felt like He said, you know, with 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 everything that's going on right now, dude, and like I don't even know if we've seen the full effect, man, of 2020 and 2021 yet. You know, with these kids, with COVID, and and all this different stuff, and I just felt like He said, you know, in a day and time where everything is shaken they they need to know what they believe and why they believe it so that's that's where unshaken school of discipleship came from and he just put it on my heart he's like don't just make it about you you know invite some friends in invite people that you know they're carrying what you want to see imparted you know in these kids lives and dude the 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 reception you know the willingness of these people when i reached out you know and i'm like hey we want to bless you we want to pay you like don't worry about it i'm coming there are so many people that just believed and what we were doing. And we just did it for two weeks in the summer, kind of like a trial thing. See, hey, does this work? Is this a good time of year to do it? Is it good to do it, you know, in the morning? Was it too long? Uh, and stuff like that. So, so it was really peeling it all back at the end of the day, you know, going back to the basics of the gospel. What is the gospel? What does it mean that it's the power of God for salvation? What does it mean that it's more than just, I prayed a prayer, I'm going to heaven one day, you know, what does it mean that, that the kingdom is in me? You know, what is it, what does it mean? You know, how do I read my Bible? You know, how, what does it mean to, you know, uh, life in the spirit, all this different stuff. So we, we did that and it, I, I thought it was great, man. I think we probably had, I don't know, 20, I've got some of my team here, 20, 25, 30 kids, some were online, most of them were in class and stuff like that. Uh, but it was a core group of kids that were just really touched, man, during that time. I had a guy come in 
who whose sole ministry centers around deliverance, setting captives free. And um, and he just talked about, you know, the demonic, the nature of the demonic. And like, dude, the kids were just like transfixed and like and he walked them through. We had a girl get radically free. Was it from like was it like anorexia, Michaela, or it was some some kind of eating disorder that uh, she got totally set free from. She felt the thing leave and she was weeping. And dude, it was powerful, dude. It was just so much fun. Art. And I was I was doing some checking online. So correct mm-hmm. me on this if I'm wrong. Yeah. Are the videos or like the actual lessons from that still available? I could they're still available. Okay. They're they're on okay. our website. You can go to faithlikebirds.com. It's actually, I think, one of the banners that's up there. You can click it. You can you can you can purchase individual sessions. You can buy the whole school. It's all available. The worship's there, the teaching segments are there. Yeah, it's all available. I'm gonna send you that link too for that episode with with Crystal because she talked about this Dude, a lot come in on. case awesome. in case it blesses anybody who you're who you're working with because she love it the the experience you described she she described a very similar experience mm-hmm. as she's like this happened to me as a Christian and this is how wow yeah come on my, she was like I knew the Lord growing up yep walked away yep and then they, I opened up these doors and this is what happened. And this is how it happened. And then there I had to go. get delivered from this. And then there she, you told, go. she told the story about how she felt something leaving her, man. Dude, like she, come on. Wow. That's that's what we did on Halloween. Like we we literally honor the name of Jesus. I'm like, that's it, man. You I know, love it. so so I shouldn't say I didn't celebrate Halloween. We yeah. did celebrate. We uplifted the name of Christ. That's what we Let's did. Let's go, man. man. So yeah, amen. We're gonna put all your links for so if anyone listening is interested in this material, we're gonna have all the links um in the comment section. So wherever you're watching this, you'll be able to to go to their website, you'll be able to, to check out the ministry. You'll be able to look for these lessons. So I highly recommend um, definitely checking those out. So yeah. awesome. You mentioned something that has been a struggle for me, which is why I like to keep younger people around me is social media. Um, yeah. I wish someone would have warned me what I was walking into when I got ready to start my account <laughs> on TikTok for Redwood Christian Ministries because I had no idea. Um, because I was only on Facebook and Instagram. And when I tell you, right. as soon as I logged on, I was like, okay, this is insane. Luckily, yep. I know how to set an algorithm. Like that is what mm-hmm. saved me. I immediately created wow. the account. I started wow. following some people who, you know, it doesn't, you know, you and then who did I start following? As soon as I logged in, man, you're overwhelmed with images and it's stuff I did not want. Dude, to it's see. bad. Okay. It's bad. I'm with you, dude. With you. And I wish, and I, I told this to the guys last night, like, I'm like, I wish I would have called one of my friends and be like, hey, so when I log into TikTok, what should I be expect? I didn't think about it because I mm-hmm. was never, you know, I'm going on here for Redwood. I'm not going on here for any other reason. Like, right. I'm trying to reach another audience of people with the gospel. Mm-hmm. And my media team was like, you know, we need to get on other social media platforms. They're like, Instagram isn't going to do it. Facebook isn't going right. to do it. You need to get, you know, you need to do the YouTube thing. You need to start mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. more TikTok. Yep. All right. Yep. I go on here and I'm like, you are overwhelmed with images. And yep. I mean, it is seconds of, I mean, it's just, yep. and you can't get away from it. Nope. Went on there. I'm like, okay, found Maverick City, found some some worship leaders who I know, found some uh, some preachers who I know, mm-hmm. started following them, started liking a bunch of their stuff, logged out, logged back in, completely changed the algorithm after. Dude, you know, that's awesome. I was like, man. I studied algorithms a little bit just as mm-hmm. I was getting ready to do Redwood because of that. I'm just like, I don't want to see this stuff. Like, I'm, I just don't want to be. Yep, I'm with you, dude. Even by accident, you know, I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, let's 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 get this, let's get this fixed. So, yep. How do you use social media to reach this generation? What are some of the things you guys use it for, and how are you going about doing that? Yeah. So, so just just you know, with Instagram and stuff, what we do a lot is we'll post testimonies. We'll post pictures of places where we've been. You know, we try to get, you know, videos up there. We're not the best at it. We really want to start going after really 
capturing what the Lord is doing in the moment. And Michaela and, and you know, she's raising up some teenagers. They're they're going to do a wonderful job of that. We the tip the difficult thing is like we're living in a day and time, you know, Eric, where where everybody's videoing, everybody's, you know, taking pictures. And it's like, I I don't, I don't want to um, I'm trying to think how is it taint a holy moment? You know what I mean? Like there's gotta be moments where like, that's not, it's not the time for the camera right now. And, and, you know, God's God's really doing something and maybe it's just not the time to capture it. But that being said, as much as we can, without violating what's sacred, without violating what's holy, I feel you. We're, tr- we're trying to capture the move of God, you know, because we want to expose teenagers to it, you know, and so we're trying to get, you know, testimonies, getting kids to share their testimonies, whether they're written, whether they're, you know, visual, you know, recordings and stuff like that. The TikTok thing, man, we're just getting back to and trying to figure it out. So right now, the intern, the, the high school interns that Michaela has, they're all like on a rotating schedule right now of just putting out videos um, where maybe like it captures them doing something creative. You know, I mean, like, um, and then, but like, you know, there's, there's like a voiceover of scripture or like a sharing of a verse, you know, or stuff like that. Cause TikTok is an interesting beast, dude. Like it's, it's more comedy, funny, like kind of stuff. There's not a ton of like serious stuff that you can do on it. I mean, people do it. So we're trying to create, that's why like. We know that God is a God of strategy. We know that God, wow. God says, Hey man, if you're if you're lacking wisdom, ask for it, man. I'll give Talk it to, to you. Him. So so we're 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 these kids are taking it so serious. They're praying, they're discerning, they're trying to figure out, okay, God, like what content can we release that's life-giving, hope-giving? That's not going to turn people off at the same time. Again, not that we're compromising the message. We are not a seek, you know, seeker, uh, whatever it is, you know, friendly um ministry. Like we we want people, yeah, we want people to know he's real. There's power in the name. Um, but at the same time, you know, we we want to be ourselves. Like we want to catch, you know, like some of the kids are great artists, some of them are photographers, some of them, you know, maybe they like to bake, maybe they like to do this and that. So we want to just be ourselves, do those things and find creative ways to just share a positive message. You know, we just had a girl um post and I was like, dude, this is insane. She's a young adult and she does these date nights with Jesus, dude. And it's wild. And she talks about it on TikTok. And she's like, you know, if you if you're if you're lonely, you know, if you're looking for something to do, go on a date with Jesus. And she just walks people. People through creatively what that looks like. I'm like, what, wow. where's this coming wow. from? You know what I mean? There like who's go. doing that dude as there a young, you as a young girl, you know? And I'm just like, and, and it's and like, her voice is so soothing and it's just awesome. Like, as she's showing you like, you know, how she, you know, she did for her. It's like, I spend time, you know, in the word and she, it, dude, it's just super encouraging, man. And again, it's just out of the box thinking, like, we're just like, we're not trying to mimic anybody, but we're just, you know, Lord, like if there's something you're wanting us to do, man, we're just waiting on you. What does it look like? We'll do it. Give us the strategy, Lord. You nailed it, man. Honestly, I feel like I could say and talk to you all night because like <laughs> you're going to have, you might actually have to hang up on me for this call. That's a cool, man. You're good. I literally, I taught a lesson about what Paul meant when he said, when I was a Jew, I acted as a Jew. When I was a Gentile, I acted yeah, as a man, Gentile. I had, I taught a lesson on that and I broke it down yeah. in this sense. Look at it this way. There is the 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 man, the message, and the method. And by man, mm, I was talking about all of man. That's good. Because that's good. Paul went, and he went obviously as a Christian, right? Right. So there is, right. and he went with the message of Christ. So yep. you now have the man and the message. Mm. The method is the only thing I'm willing to to tweak. So when I'm in the project, man, that's good. When I'm in the projects, or I'm in the ghetto. I'm talking to them differently than I'm doing in the boardroom or in the suburbs. Yeah, because I need to I need to hit this in a in a way that they can understand what I'm saying mm-hmm, without mm-hmm. changing the meaning behind the gospel, without tainting yeah. 
the actual scripture itself, you know? So yeah. um, that's a short verse at last, but you nailed it. That is, that is spot on the that's method, awesome, man. the method, you know, do I think pod would Paul would have a podcast? Maybe <laughs> if he had right. equipment, I don't know. I don't know. Right. Um, I'm sure right. he wouldn't walk everywhere. He'd probably get around a lot faster. Do I, you know, it's like, right, what, right. How, what can I use today? That is going to yeah. help me preach the gospel to the, to the nations. You know, yeah, what, it, what, how good. can, so whether I'm going there physically or whether it's through a microphone and a radio show and a pocket, like, how do we do that yeah. today? The method Amen. is the only thing yep. I'm willing to tweak, but as far it's as so good. rooted in Christ, no, man, the message will not change. Yeah. Amen. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say that in a way that you can grasp it, depending on where you, depending on where we are during the time of that conversation. You yeah. Know? So, so good. So, um, I was going to ask you, ask you this too. So what has been your favorite part about starting this ministry and being a part of this ministry? What's, what's something you just, man, every time I see this, I love it. You know, I'm, oh, I'm enjoying yeah. this. What? Yeah. I, I would say for me, man, again, it's just the encounters. It's just, yeah. it's just, you know, I, cause I know Eric, what it did for me. So I, I went to an event in 2009 and dude, the whole reason I was there was because again, I was just in the throes of this pornography addiction. Right. So God encountered me when I was 19 years old, dude, he broke drug addiction. He broke cigarette smoking. He broke all these other things, but that porn thing, dude, hung on for another 10 years. And people are mm -hmm. like, well, why? I'm like, I don't care about wh why, you know, he didn't do it then. I, all I know is that I hated it. I couldn't look at it and get into bed next to my wife at night without telling her that I did it again, man. So I thank God that he gave me a sensitive conscience that I wasn't trying to hide it in any way, dude. And even the kids I ministered to at the time, I was open, vulnerable. My pastor knew, I, I, I tell people, I'm like, dude, don't keep that stuff in the dark, dude. Shame will eat your lunch. Condemnation will destroy you. And, and then the only voice you hear is the voice in the darkness. So if you bring it into the life, you walk in the light, you know, as the Lord, you know, walks in the light. I mean, there's something, there's something about it. There's something about your heart groaning, you know, and hating the sin you're caught up in. And I tried to help people understand because I wish somebody would have done this with me at that time was I would, I would look at that stuff, dude, I would feel ashamed. I would feel like the Lord was angry. There's no way I can talk to him till he cools down. There's no way I can go to him till I haven't done that for an extended period of time. But the reality is, dude, the fact that I hated it, the fact that my heart groaned, the fact that I was you know, uh, godly sorrow was inside is the sign my heart was alive, dude. The sign that I really did have a pure heart, that I actually cared, that like he really did write his law in there, you know. But at the time, I was like, you're still disgusting. There's something wrong with you and all this stuff. So anyway, long story short, I get invited to this conference Global Awakening Conference in 2009, Randy Clark. And the whole reason why I go, dude, is because the word deliverance is in the title. I'm like, bro, I'm going. So I wind up going and I'm watching, Eric, everything that I read about in the scriptures, because I didn't grow up in the church per se. Um, when I would read the Bible, I'd be like, dude, where is this stuff? Like, why aren't we seeing these things? So I wind up going to this conference and everything that I would read about, you know, the power of the spirit, you know, the gifts of the spirit, healing, deliver. It was happening before me. And the leader of the ministry, Randy Clark himself, who was the man that God had used in the early mid nineties, uh, the Toronto outpouring in Toronto, Canada, um, with the revival that happened, he, he did a, he did a, a sermon the second night of the conference and it was called how thirsty are you? And dude, he just shared testimony after testimony. And then he backed it up biblically. Like 
I thank God for for experience, but I also thank God for people that bring it back to the scriptures that reveal like, look, and here it is. And it's like, dude, what was hidden is suddenly revealed, man. All of a sudden, boom, the mystery just comes out. And uh, and he was just sharing about the different times where he experienced different baptisms in the spirit. And I'm like, I'm hungry for this. I want this. And so that night when he's like, hey, I'm going to pray. If you're feeling this and this in your body, I want you to come up here, bro. I was like the first one up there. I'm like, dude, I'm feeling heat. My hands are shaking. Like I feel like all this different stuff. A friend of mine, he wasn't a friend at the time, comes down, lays his hands on my face, says one word, dude. He says, Phil, dude, I just hit the floor like a sack of potatoes. I, my hands curled up. I was shaking under the power of God. The fruit of that experience was I had a love for Jesus that I never had before, dude. He became so real, and I was instantly delivered from pornography. So one of my favorite things is when I'm ministering to kids is – I want them to have that experience because I want them to know how real God is. I want to see them receive the empowerment to live the Christian life, bro. And I want to see them get set free because I did everything, dude, I could. Eric, I had passwords on computers. I, my wife came home one day to me throwing out a computer. And here's what I know, dude. If it's a spiritual problem, it doesn't matter what you do in the strength of flesh. You're never going to beat it. I was That's in real. bondage, dude. I was in absolute bondage and I needed power to get out of it. So when God, you know, in the Holy Spirit, when, when Jesus, you know, he's the baptizer, one's coming after me whose sandals I'm not fit to untie, I baptize you with water. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He took me, he dunked me in the river of the Holy Spirit, dude. I came up changed, my preaching changed, my ministry changed. And so I know what that experience did for me. And I know the only thing that's going to break the chains for these kids is that they have an experience with that same power. So I will never grow tired of watching these kids encounter God. And the number one manifestation we see, bro, is they just sit there and they just weep because I think they have so much pain, dude, on the inside that when God's love becomes real, Paul said, Romans 5, 5, the love of God's poured out in our heart through the Holy Spirit. When that reality hits them, dude, it melts them. And I, I could just cry every time I sit and watch it. I'm just like, God, you are so good. I would go through everything I went through in my past again, Eric, if it meant that my story could help somebody, if it meant I could sympathize with them, empathize with them. There is nothing. I remember the Lord saying to me when I made the decision to go get counseling, he said in the same way I used Paul's chains when he wrote Philippians to further the gospel, he said, hey, don't be ashamed, man, of my situation. That was different. I wasn't in prison per se, like because of being persecuted for my faith. But the Lord said, if you go get help, I'll take your chains. And I will, I will get other people free through your story. And I'm like, that's all I needed to hear, bro. So I would do it. Like you said earlier about God causes all things work together for good. I would do it all over again. And I, I love watching kids encounter the raw power of God, dude. That is by far my favorite thing on the planet. You it's, it's a spirit. Like you, you nailed it. It's a spiritual fight, right? Yeah. And yeah. when you're in, when you're in bondage, you can't resist something. You can't do it's, it's yeah, you're possible. powerless against it. Yeah. That's that's another my opinion. That's another yeah, trick. I'm of the with enemy. you, dude. You know, yeah. that's another trick of the enemy. You're in bondage and you're trying to resist something you're in bondage to. You can't yep. do that. You're already in the trap. Yep. You can't you can't resist the bear trap when you're already stuck in the bear trap. Like it yep. doesn't work that way. Like you have to get delivered yep. to be able to then go about the part of of resisting. You know yep. what I mean? You have yep. to get delivered and then set up the boundaries and everything else to go and everything else you mentioned to go about actually then doing the resistance. You can't yeah. resist something that's already has you trapped. So, yeah. Amen. So there's obviously more of them 
them being the youth and the young adults and there are of you. So how do you avoid burnout? How do you just keep, cause I mean, I can, I can feel your fire and your passion for this. So how yeah. do you keep from getting burned out? Yeah. So one of the things I tell people is we're not interested man, in being a youth pastor. Like I'm not interested in being the youth pastor in your County. You know what I mean? Right. So, so the more relational we connect with youth pastors and we provide, like, you know, we say like, Hey, we want to partner with you. We want to serve you. That's our heart, man. Jesus came to serve. So we are not looking for an opportunity to minister. If what we're carrying can bless you and help you and take your vision, you know, what you want to see happen with your kids, bro, we're all in. So the more we work together, the more, the more I surround myself with a team that I can trust, the more that I'm able to, you know, delegate and share the workload that, that helps prevent burnout. And to be honest with you, just kind of discerning at the same time, this may sound elementary, but it's like, it's easy for me sometimes like to to just assume like, oh, I got that invite. The Lord wants me to take that invite. That's not always the case, man. Like, and I, I struggle sometimes like saying no to what seems good, but it's not God, you know, like it's a good idea, but it doesn't mean it's the Lord. So um, I, I find that, yeah, partnering, building relationships, serving youth ministries and youth pastors. Like, so one of the things that we'll do uh, this year at the shout is we'll have a breakout session where I'll take all the youth leaders and I'll just be like, you know, the kids will go off with the other speakers. I just want to, Hey, how can I serve you? How can I be praying for you? Um, because my heart's desire is we want to build something here in York. We're passionate. We want to have our own building, our own space where we can do these monthly encounter services, where we can do the shout, where we can have a counseling center, where we can do discipleship opportunities. But at the end of the day, we want to evangelize youth and then see them get plugged into the local church. So if we stay in our lane, I feel like we won't burn out. The moment we try to be something other than what God's calling us to do, that's that's when that's when the burnout's going to come. That's when we're putting on a hat that doesn't belong to us. So the more we can work with other youth pastors and say, look, we just want to see kids get plugged into what you're doing. We want to see them get saved. We all want to see them get rock smoked, you know, lit up for the Lord. But we also need to see them discipled. We need to see them get plugged in. They need mothers and fathers because if that doesn't happen, the big picture will fry me. I'll get overwhelmed, you know, because it's like, oh man, now we got to do this, this, this. And it's like, that's not us. The Lord has called us specifically to the branch of evangelism. So the more we stay in that lane, I think the less burnout we're going to experience, Eric. That's awesome. Yeah. So now just as a Christ follower, I, I want to ask this question. So yeah, man. what is your relationship with Christ like now? Mm. And how, how does it affect your, your daily life? What, what yeah. would you, how would you answer that? I would say, I would say right now I'm in a season where I'm really fighting for that time. If I'm brutally honest, dude, pursuing my doctorate degree, full-time ministry, running a ministry, I've got staff, you know, I've got a family, four girls and a wife. Um, so right now it's, it's, I have to force myself right now to be diligent because for me, that alone time, everything, everything, every idea that I've ever had, like faith, like birds was not my idea. Dude, ministry was not my idea. I could be doing so many other things. Talk to Ev him. Dude, everything comes out of that intimacy, every idea, all that different stuff. You know, one of my favorite stories in, in the Bible is Luke 10, 38 through 42. And, uh, and Jesus is explicit. He's got this woman by the name of Martha who invites him into the home and immediately, no sooner as he's, he's in there, she's fretting, she's freaking out you know, don't you care that my sisters left me to do all the serving alone? And he looks at her and he's like, Martha, Martha, you're worried and bothered by so many things, but only one thing 
is necessary. Bro, what a statement. Not five things, not 10 things, just one. And sometimes we can't even get that one thing straight, dude. Even even David said, one thing I ask, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. They might seek you in your face and behold your, you know, your beauty. And I'm just like, when we make it about all this other stuff. So for me, the whole point of prayer, dude, is Christ himself. The whole point, eternal life, Jesus says that you might know me, John 17, three. So for me, the strength of my life is is the intimacy that I get to experience with him. That's where we get to hear his voice. It's where the obedient, you know, life comes from. And the goal of my life, Eric, is Lord, I just want to love you a little bit more. I like I can't even take credit for the love that I have for you because I love because you first love me. So for me, that alone time is about being with him. Uh, there's a guy by name of Eric Gilmore who has a ministry called Sonship International. I feel like he says it best when he says the Christian life is about beholding, not behaving. So the oh. more I we to fire, the more I behold him, the more I become like him. And I'll see those behaviors in my life that I want to see changed. They'll change the more I look upon his face, man. If that ends up in one of my sermons, I'm just bro, like, use it, dude. Man, I use it. Go for it, man. Yeah, we'll just act like that I said it. Okay. Yeah, we'll dude. Say, <laughs> Second Corinthians 3 18. And now we beholding is in a mirror. There it is. The image and glory. We're being transformed by what we look at, man. So it's right there, dude. Second Corinthians 3 18. Man, it's nuts because I'm a night owl. Mm -hmm. And like I God specifically told me he's like, start setting your alarm for this time and start getting up in the morning to spend time with me. Dude. It was clear. I mean, he mm -hmm. gave me the exact time. Wow. And it's just like, and if you look at the the, you know, I've been working to try to get six to eight hours of sleep because mm -hmm. you know, this is I have a full time job outside of, okay. of Redwood, you know, but so I've been working, I've been fighting to get that in, you know, six hours. People are probably like cringing right now. Like, but <laughs> You know, for me, it was like two to four before that. So wow, six to eight is an wow. improvement for me. Dude, look at the wow. look at the look at the timestamp on the email you got from me last night. You'll see it. <laughs> oh, look at y'all. Look at it. Done. Yeah, okay. You'll see it. Um, okay. I was grinding last night. I'm like, let me get it. I get any of these questions. Right, right. And that wasn't the last email I sent dishing out questions for this podcast either. Right. Um, you know, but he he was like, I need I need you to spend this time yeah. because when you're putting when you're putting out you got to get you got to have something coming you in. do you got you to, do you yep. have to so i don't know you might have already answered this just because some of the the conversation that we've had but do you have a favorite scripture favorite bible verse? oh i do passage? man i do it's tattooed actually on my arm it's galatians 2 20 for i've been crucified with christ it's no longer i who live but christ lives in me in this life i now live dude so i'm like dude it's not a life we're waiting to live it's a life we're living now. This life I now live in the flesh. I, I've, I live by faith, you know, and the son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So for me, it's like, I feel like that embodies the Christian life at large, man. Like when you gave your life to Jesus, like you didn't just come to the cross, like, and he didn't just die for you. He died as you, bro. And so like everything mm -hmm. he went through, whether it was death, burial, resurrection, that's the Christian life. That's Romans six. You were joined with him in the likeness of his death. You were buried with him in the wars of baptism and, and you were raised in the newness of life. And it's now because of that, the life that we're living is not by how it feels, not by how it seems, but it's it's by faith in this one reality. I'm changed and he loves me. And it's when I lose sight of that, dude, that's when life goes bananas. The moment I lose sight of who I became, the moment I lose sight of who he is, that's when I tailspin, dude. It's not the circumstances, it's my perspective. That's why I said, when, if your eye is single, 
not widescreen, not multi-optional. If you behold one thing and see it one way, he said, your body will be flooded with light. Otherwise, how great is the darkness in you? So the moment I take my eye off of that one thing, dude, that's when I tailspin. That's why I'm like, doesn't anybody care? Look what I'm going through. You know, that's when self-pity <laughs> right. comes in, bro. That's right. when all that junk comes in, man. I've had, man, I've had to repent of a few things you just said. Yeah. <laughs> I might have to run that repentance back again. Yeah. <laughs> I might have to run that back after hearing you talk. Yeah. yeah. So you've touched on this, but I ask every guest this mm -hmm. question because I, I like to, I like to hear, I, th I think it's good for the audience to hear what motivates you. Oh, wow, man. Yeah. I, what motivates me, honestly, and I really don't mean for this to be cliche, is is the reality of what God has done in my life, my Come desire on. to make that known, to see him high and lifted up, man, to glorify him, uh, to have his attitude. I mean, one of my favorite prayers is, you know, uh, Paul is admonishing the Philippians in, you know, chapter two is like, have this attitude in yourselves that was also in Christ Jesus. What motivates me is the humility of God. It's the reality that he came to serve, not be served. And um, and I'm I am I am motivated to see a generation experience what's changed my life. That stuff kept me emotional and, and choked me up um, because I know what it was like, Eric, and so do you after hearing tidbits of your story. I know what it was like to feel alone. I know what it was like to feel like nobody was there. I remember saying things like this. I just wish people would understand. I just wish people would understand where I'm coming from. Um, I know what it's like to be addicted. I know what it's like to feel hopeless, to be depressed, to struggle with anxiety, to struggle with pornography. So for me, it's like if God's really that real and he really set me free and I know how lonely that time was, you know, how despairing and, and how just discouraging. So what motivates me is, is taking the experiences that I've received. I mean, Revelation 19.10, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. In other words, when you and I share our testimony, it prophesies to everybody else, look, God can do it for you, man. If he did it for me, he can do it for you. So I am motivated by intimacy. I am motivated by my alone time with him. I'm motivated by love. That's, gosh, man, Paul, I don't know about you. Different translations say it differently. Mine says it like this, the love of Christ controls us, 2 Corinthians 5, 14. Mm -hmm. Some say the love of Christ compels us. And what was Paul's conclusion that one died for all? Come on. So I, I want to be motivated by love, dude. I don't, I'm not looking to build a ministry. I'm not looking to make a name for faith like birds. I, I want to do some, I want to bring something to him at the end of the day that doesn't burn up that makes it through the fire that's gold, <laughs> precious stone, silver. You know what I mean? I don't want hay, wood, and straw, dude, or stubble. Like, I, I want my motives to be pure. I tell my team all the time, like, you know, God, smash us, break us, do whatever you have to do to form yourself inside of us. Like, give us your attitude. Give us the humility of Jesus. You know, give us pure motives. Um, because it's one thing. I mean, it's it's beautiful. It's, it's amazing that in a moment, you know, he who knew no sin became sin, so you might become the righteousness of God. That doesn't mean every motive in your life is pure. That doesn't mean everything, you know, that comes from your heart is good. And, uh, and so I just want to be compelled by love, man. Not, not, not a ministry name, not, not, you know, not even seeing kids saved. I want to be compelled by the love of Christ, dude, controlled by it, man. I swear you must've been a fly on the wall during our men's group last night, because we were literally talking about our ex not burning up and then they doing it with her literally just last night, Come on, because we're covering, um, we're covering ask it by Andy Stanley. So it's funny because awesome. you've been talking about Charles several times. Oh, I love we Charles Stanley, man. We were we are covering um and it's all about doing, you know, making the wise the decision. Mm. And we were literally talking about last night, like just doing things with the right motives to make sure yeah. our acts don't burn up when that when that time comes. Amen. You answered this question, but I'm gonna ask you <laughs> why do you do what you do? 
Oh, I do what I do, man, because uh, it's it's obedience, man. Obedience is God's love language. He said, if you if you keep my commandments, these are those that love me. And some people are like, oh man, I better start obeying so I prove that I love him. No, it's the fruit of it's the fruit of love, right? Right. So um, I know for me, it's like I, like what was me if I wasn't doing this? I you know what I mean? I, I like it's it's like Jeremiah. Like there's a fire pen up my bones. I'm just gonna you know if I don't get it out, you know, uh, I'm just gonna burn up inside. So for me. It's uh I feel like I feel like this is gonna might sound strange, Eric. I don't have an option. I don't know any other way. Like it's like Paul saying, like, I'm a bond slave to the Lord, just lock me up, man. Like I'm free, but in my freedom, I'm choosing to be tethered. In my freedom, I'm choosing to be tied, you know, to him. And uh, and he's called us to it, man. And because of love for him. I know no other way. Like I, the, the, the true, the true fear of the Lord is I don't want to do life apart from him. I'm terrified to be a part of him, him That's you real. know? And, um, and so for me, it's like the fear of the Lord is obedience, no matter what it looks like at any cost to love what he loves, hate what he hates. And so for me, it's, uh, I, I don't, I don't want to wound his heart. I want to, I want to live a life that's attractive to that presence. Right. So, um, it's, it's, it's love. It's love for Jesus. He has my yes. Whatever it looks like, God, if you ask me out of my love for you, I'm going to do it. That's what it's about, man. Man. I love that answer. I'm glad I asked the question. I'm glad yeah, I asked. Love that answer. Yeah. I don't um this is this was the favorite segment of my show. Let them know because it's the mm -hmm. but I hate it because now it's the final segment of the show. And it's like I don't want this show to end, man. I could yeah. It's you said something so good. I told I was telling somebody this. I said the way I feel about my life, I'm on borrow time. Mm. So because I was gonna take my own life. So I'm on yeah. Jesus stepped in and said, I got a plan for you. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, I'm here until you're done with me. Yeah, amen. you know, so I'm on I'm on his timeline now. So my passion is there. That's where that's where my passion is. It's it's, mm -hmm. it's in the gospel, man. It is. Come on. I don't. I've seen and you have to what life is like without Christ. Yep. And then I've seen what life is like after giving my life to Christ and being disobedient. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I just it's, I don't want to go back to this. Amen. Dude. And it's yeah. not to say that we're perfect. Or we get it right all the times. I know that I don't. Right. I know that I don't. But yeah. man, I will take my worst day with Jesus over mm. my best day without Amen, him. Amen, dude. Hands That's real. Down. Hands That's real. Down. Mm -hmm. That brings me to the final segment of the show, which okay. is our let them know segment. Okay. This is a part of the show where you can say anything you want to the audience. You can promote something, share a word from God, share something okay. in your heart, whatever it is you like to say. Yeah. Sir, thank you for doing this today. This was so Aww. refreshing to talk to you, man. Like I Dude, cannot, so I gotta, good. I gotta get you back on here. Like I have to get you back on the show. We'll do it, man. So. Seriously. We'll do it. Yeah. So I, I would say, yeah, if anybody's interested in the ministry, obviously, you know, and I always hate, I, I'm the worst at talking about myself. I'm trying to get better at it, but yeah. you know, obviously faithlikebirds.com, um, you, you can check out, you know, more about the ministry. There's a promo video there. If anybody, you know, whether we, we've had people come, you know, as far as Connecticut, New York, you know, Maryland, you know, uh, uh, other places in PA. So April 14th through the 16th, we're hosting The Shout. I mentioned that Pop and John's going to be there. My friend, Will Hart, uh, Jessica Tate. Um, and we got some hip hop artists coming in. It's a fun time. If you're, if you're a youth pastor, you want to know more about it. Or if you're a teenager, you want to get plugged in, you can visit theshoutevent.com. And then lastly, man, I'll, I'll say this by way of just the discerning what I feel like is a, is a season that the church is at large. I feel like we're, we're in a time and in a place where, where in God's jealousy, he's demanding more and he's asking for more. And you nailed it, Eric, when you said, here's, here's where he, he told me to set my alarm to get up and spend it this time. And, um, and I was, I was teaching a class last night, we were going through Hebrews 12. And I said, I feel like the last couple of months, guys, cause I know for me, 
I feel like this is a time and season where the Lord is is wanting us to be more disciplined, you know, and the Bible is very clear in Hebrews 12. You've had earthly fathers that disciplined you, you know, that in a way that seemed best for them. And I know some of you might be listening and you're like, I didn't even have an earthly father that disciplined me. You did in the sense that you were, right. you came from somewhere, but maybe you grew up in a home where you didn't have a dad. Um, but the reality is, is as they did that in the way that they seen, you know, what they thought was best. And he's like, man, God disciplines you because he loves you. Like in some of some, I feel like there are certain words in the church anymore that just, you know, they're like, we can't talk about that stuff. And it's like, but the reality is the Bible says he scourges every son that he receives. Why? So that we become partakers of his holiness. And he says, pursue the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. Anyhow, at the beginning of that chapter, a lot of us are familiar where he says, you know, we're running this race with endurance, letting go, you know, laying aside the sin that so easily entangles us. But there's a, something else that comes just before that the Lord's really been having me focus on. It says, and let us lay aside every encumbrance. In other words, you you, some of the stuff you may have gotten away with in your last season, you can't get away with in this season. So real. It, it doesn't mean that that what you're doing is inherently sinful, but if it's not producing Christ in you, and if it's not getting you to where he's taking you, he might be asking you to lay it down right now. And he says, and look at these cloud of witnesses from Hebrews 11. These dudes had a promise and they didn't let anything slow them down. They shut the mouths of lions. They received back their dead by way of resurrection. They conquered kingdoms. They were sawn in two men of whom the world was not worthy. Then it's talking about Noah and Sarah and Abraham and Enoch and all these different guys. And they didn't waste time. So I feel like the Lord is saying, let go of the time waster. If it's not producing Jesus in you, if it's not taking you to your promise, let go of every encumbrance. It might be he's saying, don't spend as much time on the television. Don't spend so much time, you know, on social media. Put aside, you know, for me, I'm like, Lord, if there's any false thing I'm leaning on, if there's any crutch in my life apart from you, kick it out from underneath me. I don't want it if it's slowing me down. So in some ways, this season is demanding that I'm more disciplined, pursuing doctorate, doing ministry, all these different things. But the reality is I feel like he's he's calling all all of us, Eric, to a place where we're becoming more disciplined. It's not a bad, dirty word. It's just, you know, some of the greatest men and women of God, like they were the way they were because of the fact that they were disciplined. Like John Wesley would wake up at 4 a.m., spend two some hours, you know, alone with the Lord, pray in tongues for like so many hours. And it's like, it's not a coincidence that the movers and shakers were disciplined with their time. I'm not perfect at it. If you're watching, guys, I'm still struggling with it. Like, but it, I'm telling you, there's something about becoming disciplined, letting go of every encumbrance right now in the season. I feel like the Lord's telling us that, Eric. Message received. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. Yeah, ma'am. Thank you so much for doing the show today, man. I appreciate you being on. I appreciate your heart, your passion, your desire. Oh, for thanks, the Lord, man. man. This this conversation was so refreshing just for for me to even this was this was phenomenal man thank you so much Dude. i appreciate it well i appreciate the invite man like i said i we got the invite my my administrator morgan said hey we i said let's do it man i feel like there's something on it so we did it i appreciate it i know you got a lot going on and i know you know you could have been anywhere else so i appreciate yeah. you just taking the time to to talk to us today man we're all going to be joining you in prayer for your ministry oh thank thanks you so bro. much for doing the rooted in christ podcast no matter where you are listening to this podcast please like follow share and subscribe because it helps us get the message of jesus out there it helps us get out there and spread the word and really yeah. transform lives because that change that we're talking about is a change coming that's coming from jesus christ not from two men sitting in our offices today this is we're talking about transformation on the lord can bring. come on brian thank you so much for doing the show today man really You're welcome, man. thanks bro i appreciate it